0: My name is Matt Brown.
1: Makes you a mixed the Neil Diamond throws it away.
0: <laughs> oh, Mr. Neil Diamond. And let's start the show.
1: You know it makes me want to shout! Pick my
2: heels up and shout! Oh! Oh, oh no, Buffalo!
0: A better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast. It is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023, the halfway point of this month, and we have a lot to cover. This past week of the NFL was no doubt the most exciting, the most energizing, and the best week of NFL football we have had yet. Every single game had a major storyline. Six of the 12 games ended in a walk-off field goal, and it was just incredible, hard-nosed, and just... Extremely fun football to watch. We had an amazing slate of games, and we're gonna get all into it. Plus, making picks for week eleven. And before we do all of that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. X and Twitter at Prague Havel Pod, want TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. I hope everybody had a great weekend, a great start to the rest of your week, and we are officially in the midpoint of November. Thanksgiving is next Thursday. Can you believe it? Thanksgiving is next Thursday. Following that is Black Friday, and we really are at the end of the year. So let's make the most of it. There's about, what, six, seven weeks to go, and we'll be sure to make it a great end of the year. And regarding all the football we're going to get into in the next hour and a half, yeah, everything was very, very interesting. As I mentioned, six of the 12 games ended in a walk-off field goal. We had some blowouts that were actually pretty significant and have some talking points. There's only, what, Two games that were mid, two games that were, eh, two games that were just kind of boring. And the Colts and the Patriots and the Titans and the Buccaneers. And then everything else has something to say. So, why don't we get into it? Let's talk about week 10 of the NFL. Make picks for Week 11, and I'll let you know about a big show day tomorrow. But, yeah, this is going to be a good time. Nico and Alex are here, and let us talk about each and every single one of the games that took place in Week 10 of the NFL. And we'll look ahead to Week 11 and make some crucial picks as every single game counts from here on out. All right, Alex and Nico, it's your guys' turn. Let's talk about Week 10 in the National Football League. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. The NFL in Week 10 was literally <laughs> amazing. Every single game had has a meaning to it. Every single game was a big deal. Six of the 12 games were walk-off field goals and everything else in between. So we have a very big show for you, and it's going to be very very fun. So let us enjoy our conversation and make some picks ahead for week 11. We have Alex, Renelio, Nico, and bars all coming in. What's going on, guys? Yo, what's going
1: on? What's going on, man?
0: How we doing? What up, bud? Awesome shirt bars. Nico, like
1: Alex, to... Alex, what's going on? What's Yo, on? man, you, you don't even know. <laughs>
0: Perfect. So we got some big guns out here. We got a lot of things to talk about. And where do I start? Let's start with Monday Night Football. (sighs) Oh, man. Monday Night Football. Okay, so how do I break this down? How how do I break down this insane game? First things first, the Broncos won the game 24-22. 30 seconds prior to that, they won the game 21-20. So all in all, we first saw somewhat of a battle between Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. Then Josh Allen was making his mistakes again, crumbling in the second half, but the defense kept them in it. But Russell Wilson, looking like the old Russell Wilson, made a push. It goes down to the wire where the Broncos make a quick two-minute drill, and they go down in the, in the red zone of the Bills. So... We get a pretty exciting, um, in the last 13 seconds, we were able to see the Broncos offense turn into their special teams. Will Lutz goes for the kick. He misses it wide right. But, uh uh-oh, there's a flag. 12 men on the field. They get a second chance to kick the field goal in, and, of course, he hits it right down the middle, and the Broncos win the game. The Bills have a horrible loss. They go down to five and four. The Bills are four, the Bills are four, five and four, and the Broncos are four and six. And I mean, this has to be the nail in the coffin, guys, right? It has to be for the Bills. I know there's still a little less than half of the year to go, but time and time again, we talk about this team blowing it in the second half. They're barely up in the division. The Jets um, are only a game behind them. And then you have Miami, you know, rolling in. But the Bills cannot be considered a top team when you blow a game like that. 12 men on the field. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, they weren't ready for the special teams. That's not an excuse. 12 men on the field were penalties my high school team would get. Bad job by the Bills in this game. Talk to me about how disappointing it is for the Bills to lose this game and how it can affect their whole season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where you just can't lose. You can't lose to Denver, um, especially in that situation, Monday night and the been struggling. Um, but again, it's something we talk about every week. It's this team just turns the ball over. Um, even the big run that James Cook had in the fourth quarter on that drive, he fumbled the ball, bounced right back to him, and he took off. The Bills were actually very fortunate, in my opinion, to be where they were, and it was because they were playing the Broncos. If they were playing any other team, which they have coming up on their schedules, ridiculous, ridiculous, um, they would never even be in a situation to be in that game that late. Um, but like Matt, like I said, inexcusable. 12 men on the field just can't happen at this level, especially at that point in the game. Everybody in the world knew after you took the two timeouts, they're going to need again, rush the field goal team out you got to prepare on the defense side of the ball. I don't know if it's a coaching thing, but you have to make sure you have 11 guys on the field In that situation. Why even take your team off? I would have just kept my defense that I was on the field during the knee on the play before. Why even risk taking the substitution or taking somebody off the field? It just didn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. What but, are uh, the backup special teams really going to make a difference? That's compared that compared at that point de- the game. defensive number ones.
2: Seriously. Like, like, it's just like your best chance was them rushing the kick and missing it. Like what happened? But, uh, yeah, um, I was sticking up for the Bills the past couple of weeks, but man, it's time to panic. And their schedule looking forward is rough, and they got to figure it out.
0: And I don't know what they're going to do. Excellent points about the crucial turnovers too. What a mess! So,
3: I'll be the devil's advocate here because I know that everybody's going to steal man this. Um, I I wrestled with this all day today, preparing for tonight, and I and I really had a hard time. Feel, how to feel about the bills as a neutral as a neutral viewer? So, if we're talking like aspirations for the AFC Championship uh, Super Bowl, I would definitely be in panic mode, like Nico said. But when I look at the for there's multiple reasons as to why I'm not panicked. First off, the AFC East is not the juggernaut that we expected. I mean, obviously, we thought Aaron was going to be here. We thought New England would be a little bit better. We thought Miami <laughs> wouldn't be. We yeah, we thought weird. Miami wouldn't be zero and three against plus five hundred teams. Um When you look at the way the Bills lost, yeah, it was it was um, totally devastating by the miscues with the flags and the penalties, but. If you look at them on paper, they had almost 180 yards rushing on the ground, which is something they don't do. They're always Josh uh, Josh Allen heavy and dependent. Um, when you look at their receiving core, they got – Savon Diggs got blanketed, and they still ended Only up 35 having – Yeah. And they still ended up having, you know, five, six guys on the receiving end, um, including Dalton Kikade, who had a touchdown. So I think there's a lot of very, very like positive things about this team that shouldn't just go be thrown out like with the baby with the bathwater. Um, I understand that everybody Monday morning quarterback is like ready to write them off, send them out to pasture. But the reality is, and I've talked to a lot of Bills fans about this in an encouraging manner, you can't give up just because this team is 500. Um, I understand they're not the team that we knew yesteryear. Um, they look a little stagnant on offense. They look a little unorthodox. They don't have the healthy guys ready on defense that they did, but they made a lot of big plays in this game. And this is an ascending Denver team, with, no matter what people think. I mean, they've won two of their last three or two of the last four. They're starting to get in the right direction. And, the only reason I would be discouraged, not only because of the penalties, like someone's going to get fired for that. I don't care who it is. But um, the only other reason is because you had an extra day of preparation on top of this Monday night game, and you're at home. So I understand that frustration. But in the rea- but when you look at the grand scheme of things, the AFC, is, the AFC is still open. It's still got availability. And the AFC East, outside of Miami, who still has yet to be proven with a quality win – Um, I would be very encouraged um, when you look at the the whole scope of things.
0: Well, you know, adding out to people getting fired, the Bills did fire their offensive coordinator today at the time this recording, Ken Dorsey. And um, one of the position coaches stepped up. So somebody did take a fall one way or the other.
3: That's crazy. And I don't think that's right. And I don't really... Real quick before you go, bars, I don't think that's very just because it's easy to crap on the offense for being a little lackluster for 10 weeks, but the reality is that who was the one that had the miscues? And that was really Sean McDermott. I think he needs to own that.
2: I think he's hey, on a
0: crazy. hot seat. Wait, bar- bar-
2: bar- I just can I just say something real quick. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you <laughs> off. Like Alex is 100% right. I just had to jump on that real quick. The Sean McDermott thing the reason why he fired his offensive coordinator is because he has most of the majority of the public and everyone thinking, this wasn't me. This wasn't my fault. Now, if you start winning and you do turn the season around with the talent that you have, they're going to be like, oh, my God, it was this offensive coordinator. So I think McDermott had to do this. It's it's one of those situations. It's either me or you, and he sacrificed the offensive coordinator, and that's the only thing he's able to do to save his job if they turn it around because right now they're going to keep doing what they're doing, not make the playoffs. McDermott's gone.
0: Also is doing that too. He puts a target on his back and he puts more pressure. So he has to get this right, or he's in a lot of trouble. He's been, he's been the, he's been the head coach since 2017. That's a long time. And there have been some ugly losses in that tenure. So this is your time to switch it up, get on a hot winning streak. Definitely, you know, at least get, I mean, I don't think you'll get a buy. You won't get the first round, but you got to get. You have to have some quality wins moving forward here. Bars, your turn.
1: Um. Yeah. No. Nah, it's crazy that Dorsey got fired before uh, Matt Canada did, but as you can see, right. we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. Um, when we talk about the Steelers game, but um, I'm actually I see a lot of uh news people talking and they're talking about like uh let's let's ask the Josh Allen question. Let's ask Josh Allen question um we've been talking about the inconsistency of this team all season like legitimately but as we can see like it's not more so a josh allen problem it might be a coaching problem we, we, who knows it could be a head coaching it could be an offensive coordinator we'll find out soon enough uh move was made you know they like so we'll, we'll see what's going on we'll see we'll see <laughs> excuse me we'll see what happens with this one but um it was just a good win in my opinion for uh, for the for the for the um, Broncos, uh, they needed that Russell Wilson. I don't know um what's going on over there. Maybe someone sat him down and said, "Yo, you need to play like a Super Bowl, like a Super Bowl winning quarterback, like you know something." I don't know, but they're looking decent over there. But let's see if it can if they can upkeep this. I don't know if they can, but. Uh,
0: Hey, give credit to Russell Wilson. He already had surpassed his touchdown mark he had last year. He's 18. He only had 16 total last year. But we've we've clowned Russell Wilson a lot since he's been a Bronco. But at least since then, at least since this particular season, I think he knows he doesn't want to be the butt of any more jokes. So give credit to Russell on that one. But Bills need to uh clean house. The Bills need to either clean their act up or they're going to be cleaning house and the Broncos, you know, staying competitive. (laughs) Let's talk about what I think was the game of the week, and that was the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, if you had prop bets on this game, you had to have hit them with the skilled position and um, incredible stuff. That game went back and forth to the very end. Jared Goff and Justin Herbert, a true dual game here. And as I mentioned on both sides, the skills players were real highlights and they won and it ended in a walk-off field goal for Detroit. Um, What's more of the story here? The incredible win by Detroit proving themselves again, that they are a team worth talking about or another, another very bad cringe worthy loss for the Los Angeles chargers for a second You thought maybe they got their act together against the Jets, but it seems like they just beat the Jets uh, because pretty, uh, pretty annoying stuff here. What's the bigger, what's the bigger matter here? Lions win or the Chargers lose?
2: It's absolutely the Chargers loss. um, In my opinion, (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm still, I said it a couple weeks ago, I said, clip it. I mean, I said, if I really still thought the Chargers were going to win the AFC, um, but I will say to me this game proved how elite the Chargers can be. We've been talking about the whole entire year that Detroit's arguably the second or third best team, um, third best team in the NFC right behind San Francisco and Philadelphia and for the Chargers to battle with them on the road, make that game an absolute shootout I I, I was very impressed um but I will say it speaks loudly loud for them because the, the reality is like Alex mentioned there's a it's a weaker AFC so there's a chance that you, you could sneak in. But I just don't know how you can move forward after a loss like that. You did everything you could. Your defense uh-huh. just wasn't there. Like, you couldn't guard guys. But I don't even want to say the defense played bad. Jared Goff played unbelievable. They got Gibbs involved. The play calling was unbelievable by Campbell. Um, perfectly executed win by the Lions. And the Lions are a force to be reckoned with. And they're shot a the team that we're going to see in late January, I believe. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, hats off to Detroit, but I really still think the Chargers are the most talented team on paper in the whole entire NFL, and I I, I think there's some hope uh, if they can turn around, get hot, you sneak in as a seven or six seed. Watch out! Watch out! The Chargers aren't winning that AFC title, like I
0: said. Just what do you um, think's um, happening happening now though with these losses? Is it a Brandon Staley issue? Is it what? Yeah, 100. I, I agree like, too. Like you said, not a like, hundred
3: no 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 this is my this is where I'm jumping in. It's where I'm jumping in. Jump in. It's not a hundred percent. There's gonna be a little bit to go around for a lot of people. Um I was the biggest fan waving the pom poms with Nico. I can imagine before I met him, uh, watching <laughs> Herbert when he came right out of college. He blew away too. instantly. I watched him in spite with the AFC West, so I want to make that very clear. Um, a lot of this goes on Eckler, some of it goes on Staley. So if it goes on that that on that offensive coordinator, but the reality is they just they're just too one dimensional on offense, and I can understand that they you could play a shootout with a team like Detroit, but you, there's no reason they couldn't have beat Detroit um, at home. Um, if you look at the way the game broke down, um, you know the, the the Chargers they were um, they were digging themselves out of a hole in the first quarter, and I just think that when you look at the, the way that the Detroit, Detroit ascended they're kind of a seven and two by omission. Like I'm like, I like, I fall in love with how they play, but they get a lot of fourth and down, you know, ballsy conversions. They get a lot of third down, big chunk plays. Um, they're very crafty in what they do um, schematically, but I think that they're more of a product of omission than actual execution. And I think that this is a weaker NFC. And I think that they're, you know, kind of backing into a third seed in terms of the overall picture of things in that fashion so i don't see why the chargers couldn't have won this game but i would definitely give a little bit of blame to like three or four guys on this team um you know what in consideration to what you just said real quick let's touch
1: on that i i agree you're right um they gave up 200 yards on the ground like 300 yards in the air Let's, let's, it. let's chuck that up to the defense. A big thing that we're going to talk about, uh, the defense played okay. I'm not even going to say they played good. I'll say they played okay. Something let's talk about, they had no sacks. Not a single sack. Like, I don't know how much pressure Jerry Goff was under, but it don't feel like he was under much. You know what I'm saying? Um, not a single interception, maybe a few pass breakdowns. But, like, if you look at the stats, they kind of killed him pretty much all over the game. And like you said, it it might be, this is a weaker NFC, um, where it's like, it's a very, it's a very blatant discrepancy between the top teams and just who ain't going to cut it. Like you can see who's sneaking in through the wild card and who's on the hunt. But other than that, other than the Eagles, the Cowboys and the lions, literally like probably in that order, like the NFC is pretty much like deflated. Um, Honestly, I feel like this was a very big loss for the for the Chargers and like I said, um I had the Lions win in this game actually with the over. I should have put money on it, but I really didn't. But I should have put the over on it. Um and it's kind of pretty much what I thought it was going to be a shootout. Um Herbert has to do four touchdowns and it kind of makes you it kind of makes you wonder like cheered golf you figure Jared Goff would need to score four touchdowns to win this game, um, but I, honestly, I'd like to say that on paper the Lions look like a better team. Um, and to that regard, Nico, because I don't know, St. Brown eight, eight catches, 156 yards, averaging almost 20 a pop in a touchdown. You got to kind of give it to him; like they're they're doing they're doing pretty good over there. Um, but like, but it's a weak NFC, so like you said, it's by omission. I'll give him that, but honestly, it's a fat L on my on, on me for the Chargers. Um, they gotta fix that up. Austin Eckler, they they need someone to back him up or something. Someone else on the ground. I don't know. They need they, they 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 gotta fix something over there. The defense needs a couple pieces probably to spark them up. Khalil Mack don't got the pop that he used to. I don't know what it is. All
0: right.
2: I, I I don't disagree with the both of you are saying. Like I like it's not all hundred percent on the coach and I I do bars you're hundred percent right the lines. Yeah, at first like, at first I
1: was the, I was agreeing with you, but you know I had to recant. another
2: Yeah, no, but but my whole thing is you can't so you even though you have the superstar like Austin Eckler, you have the superstars like Keenan Allen, you can't win games if you're oh, set that's up a phenomenal for failure. game. I think they're just set up for failure. Every single first and ten, you're running the football. You have a second and four. You're running the football. It's going to be third and two. You're going to do that little bootleg play action. They're so predictable every single time. Um, but they score because they're so athletic. They're unbelievable. But, like, when they play these teams like Detroit, Detroit can score with
1: this, so they're not going to stop. And exactly. And their defense is just, act, just as athletic.
2: But, agreed, agreed. But, but sometimes the best thing to do versus a team like that in a situation like this is, Go on a seven, go on an eight minute drive, pound the ball with Austin Eckler, pound the ball with your superstar. And they just haven't done that yet. And I think that's a lot of play calling. because I think they could do that.
0: That's something great. The Eagles really do. They know how to extend drives. That's probably the, the secret weapon in the whole NFL. Make a drive last an entire quarter or most Literally. of it. And like, you know, upset, upset people who are betting, upset the other fan base. Best the best Super Bowl of all time, Super Bowl twenty-five, Bills and Giants. That's how they beat the best Bills in that team in that era. They um, look, had more time possession.
1: As but to add to what you said, Matt, they do it in a way where it's like they don't get gassed.
0: Mastering the tush push too to get a reset of downs.
1: It oh, it's helps. called it's called the, the it's called the uh, the Pennsylvania shove now, after oh, exactly. Steelers popped it off.
0: I actually did hear something like that. But regardless, as if it's between the great teams Philly. and the good teams, then we'll have to go with it. That was the Philly Finger Special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All <my> right, goodness. <laughs> Anyways, but very good game. We'll see how this affects the future, but we do have to move on. And a game that is worth talking about that, unfortunately, our Jeff Van Friend Hayden is not around to discuss with, but we have the Raider fan to discuss with. But here it is. The Las Vegas Raiders defeated the New York Jets on Sunday night by a score of 16-12. Oh, boy. I'll do it. What a damn shame for the New York Jets to lose this game. Now, give credit to the Vegas Raiders. Under Antonio Pierce, the team is clearly more motivated. That team has something going on. They've played much better on defense, creating a lot of pressures. And I'm sure when they have a real test against Miami... They are going to be forced to be reckoned with. I'll let um, Alex discuss the Raiders in a second. But for the New York Jets themselves, ah, Zach Wilson didn't play absolutely horrible. But the frustrating part about this Jets team is that they had a competent quarterback that they would be much more competitive in this entire season. Oh, man, a bad interception near the red zone in the last four minutes of the game killed him. A solid hail mary, getting the ball back, getting the ball back, having a two minute drill, and give credit to Zach Wilson with Mac Crosby running at him, about to eat him up. He's able to get that ball in the red zone, hits Garrett Wilson's hands, he drops it. Tyler Conklin didn't help by having his hand up there either, and the Raiders win the game. Solid win for the Raiders, but for the Jets, I don't know how many more times we have to talk about why they continue to have Zach Wilson play on this team. Reckon, we won't know if you have better options or who's worse for Trevor Simeon and Tim Boyle, but you keep putting this guy up for failure. Zach Wilson is literally a punching bag in this entire nation. Football fans are not people who hate football. Don't know a thing about football knows about how Zach Wilson holds the team back. And God bless Zach Wilson. He is, Was the second overall pick. He had something to get in the NFL. He's going to get millions. He's gotten millions of dollars. And will keep getting some more money. But the man. His ceiling is an average quarterback. (laughs) He's not a championship caliber player. He's not a needle mover. Yet they keep putting him week after week after week. And just could have easily won this game if they had a better quarterback out there, but they didn't. And they keep eating these terrible losses. I mean, it's mind blowing that Robert Sala goes and puts him every week. And we can see in his press conferences, he himself probably doesn't believe in Zach Wilson with his, I plead the fifth on why are you putting him in? And, you know, all of his quiet answers. I don't know if Zach Wilson has something on Woody Johnson and Joe Douglas to put him in there, but The Jets are not going anywhere, and they are wasting this amazing, talented defense because they keep putting a quarterback who can't do a thing. And you know what? There was a quarterback available, which we'll talk about in the next segment, named Josh Dobbs, who was clearly available, and there's no report if Joe Douglas made a move or not on him. And now they are seeing the Minnesota Vikings, who started 1-4, and now actually have a chance for the playoffs That GM did it right. I don't know why this GM and Joe Douglas isn't. What a damn shame the Jets are. And they will keep being a punching bag until they make the chance at quarterback. Or Aaron Rodgers somehow comes back in mid-December like he said he will. So now let's go on the other side. Let's talk about a team that could be on the rise. I'll throw to Alex, say what you have to say about the clearly improving Las Vegas Raiders.
3: Well, I think you you kind of couched it that way. I think um, I'm very... Um, impressed, and I'm cautiously optimistic about this team. It uh, feels like there's definitely new life after two two straight weeks. Um, it's going to be tough next week going on the road to Miami in the one o'clock slot. Um, you know, proverbial West Coast team going east is always tough. Um, but I think that they have a puncher's chance again. You know, now that now that we're 500, um, Miami's 0 3 against winning teams. So who knows? I mean, it's pretty much a toss up. I haven't seen the line yet, but I do feel like the momentum has changed in that locker room um they definitely have an undefeated social media team through three weeks so that's definitely uh that's definitely awesome to see but um again you know I'm just gonna keep it real simple I am very just cautiously optimistic there's a lot of things to improve with this team um week to week Aiden O'Connell just needs to keep getting his um confidence back um you know again 515 on third down is not gonna cut it um, they basically drew dead even on time of possession. You know, when you have Jacobs, one of the best running backs in the league, you got to really milk that clock and lean on him, especially when you have an absence at the quarterback position. So moving forward, I would just say keep doing more of what they're doing. Try to dial up some interesting things on offense. Um, Antonio Pierce, you know, kind of galvanized the troops in the locker room and just take every game week to week, and um, sky's the limit.
0: Nico and Bars, please Um, add on to this.
1: I look at it as a solid win for the Raiders. They're uh, rising up um, after their changes in in management. But I will say this: it was a very sluggish game to watch. Uh, Fuck, I'm I'm fudge. I just I can't stand Derek Carr over there.
0: The Derek Carr of the Raiders. Yes. (laughs) Yes, just... <laughs> he's on the Saints.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't stand uh, who 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 they have. Ain't they no Kyle. Ain't oh, no God. It might as well have been card. That's how it felt. Like I'm sorry. I had a brain fart for a second. Um, nah, it was a very sluggish game. Um, offense got really rolling, like really, really, really late for them. Like towards the fourth quarter, they had some. They had some good plays. Um, as you can, as I watch the game, it makes me wonder: with Aaron Rodgers there, would that offense really be much better? But then I see some plays going on. I'm like, yeah, it definitely would be. Like Zach Wilson just definitely ain't it. And like I've been preaching, I've been on it. I think that's why I zoned out because I've been against Zach Wilson the whole time. And like just hearing his name, probably just like kind of like made me think about that person. Who said that I was like I had like no brain cells or something? I forget what it was, but it just it just kind of like the front office. They got to look at you got to look at them guys. You got to you got to ask yourself, just like Matt said, why do you keep starting this guy? There's got to be someone you can give a chance. Now he didn't play horrible, but he didn't play great either. And like I felt like there was a lot of chances this team had. A lot of drop. Like I'm I'm gonna put some drop passes on the players, but like a lot of like a lot like. Aaron Rodgers would have made a lot of different plays. Like, it's just the way it is. But the Raiders had a good win. Let's not take that away from them. Um, The defense worked really hard to keep the Jets in the game, and that's not fair to them. But it is what it is. But looking at the game, I will say this. They have a similar situation to the Steelers, where it's like the the, the offense ain't that great, but the defense keeps them in the game. But the deep, but, but Steelers just look better doing
2: it. Yeah. Uh, I, I will to talk to this game a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, I told him, I called out yesterday. We were work-related, and then, like, it turned into a conversation about this. But um, <laughs> I do have a couple of takes. My first take is, I mentioned it a few weeks back, why is this team in primetime every single week? Every <laughs> single time we talk about yeah. the Warriors, it's a primetime football game, I feel like. I, I think feel like I'm
1: supposed to be there.
2: It's, and I just don't get it. Well, Rodgers for the Jets. But I agree. Like, the Jets, I completely agree that they should have deserved the primetime games because we all thought they were going to be great with Rodgers. But, like, anyway, that's just my take about the primetime. But I will say about the game itself, Um, I yeah, I think the swagger and the momentum in the Raiders locker room is different right now. Um, I think the team's buying in. They're all in. Um, I love seeing the little cigar thing they're doing after every single game because, like, you need that. You stay loose. You're winning football games. There's nothing better. Um, like Alex touched on too, the social media page has been
3: unbelievable Around, on um, fire.
2: Like some of the content has just been amazing, but uh, I, I just think this Raiders team is back. Um, as for the jets, again, this is going to be the jets reality. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Raiders. I don't think it matters if they're playing the chiefs. They're going to be in defensive
0: battles and they're going to have to try to win games. Um, and they're relying on them to weigh too much. That's it. They can't, in, they can't in, score a touchdown all the time. It's very hard for the defense, the defense to score touchdowns. touchdown. It's not that easy. But, no, I mean, they, they somehow think it is.
2: Exactly. It's impossible. It's like, like you said, like it's almost like the Giants, too. It's like Giants' defense. They need them to serve that offense, too. But Over 600
0: guys. total yards on the Giants this past week. We'll get into that. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I will say, uh, I, I, it's not that I'm giving up on Zach Wilson. I never really started hyping them in the first place um i i, I don't know um it's it's, it's almost like at-
0: a social experiment seeing how much you could test a fan base like this no matter yeah, what no,
2: it's kind of fun if you think about it but <laughs> oh yeah
0: like i listen to this local talk all the time and it's just at first people it, it was literal dumb um hope I've learned one thing the worst sports take one person can have is that they are going to win by hope. That is not a thing. No, it's not. It works in the movies. We are in reality. And for those people who actually thought Zach Wilson was going to turn it around, you have those sound bites of them sounding like complete morons for life. And Zach, now listen, there have been teams that have been able to become championship winning football teams with a stellar defense. Oh, three Buccaneers, obviously 85 Bears, 2,000 Ravens. But the thing is, they had a competent quarterback. They have an incompetent quarterback here. Like, they haven't scored a touchdown, an offensive touchdown in 11 quarters. Nobody is moving the ball on that. You could all, on fantasy, pick the defense that is going against the Jets. You will win. I mean, those people who had skill players for the Jets reckon they, you know, reckon they thought Aaron Rodgers was there. They are getting completely screwed. This offense is anemic. You gotta blame Nate Hackett to a point too. I mean, he's actually kind of you know, he's kinda of gotten lucky to not give them much ridicule because he is the one running this offense and it's just I just don't get it. I've learned one thing too. The winning program in no matter what sport – in the professional sports, it's all on the ownership, the ownership, picking the right people and the right people to make decisions. And with the perfect example in the Texas Rangers for baseball, who made it, who lost two, who lost a Heartbreaker World Series in 11, they're back in 12 years because of a better ownership picking up the right GM and they're the champions now. And then you have someone like the Yankees who haven't changed shit since 2009 and are, are, are not taken seriously anymore. It it, I mean, it clearly is easier said than done. I'm just somebody who is making sports takes, but it's like, I just don't get why ownership are making these weird decisions like putting a quarterback who cannot be, move the ball for you. And you know what? They'll just continue being the um they'll just continue being a mat being stepped on until something changes.
1: Before we, we move, move on. Before, before we, we move on. He's running it
3: right into the ground.
0: Exactly. Before dude. we move yeah before we
3: move on, tell me how hard if you saw this in a, a department store, would you buy that as a
0: shirt? So yes, yeah. he is showing a shirt with RWA Raiders win. Yeah, yeah Rager, Ragers with attitude.
1: <laughs> I would.
0: Raiders with attitude. That's yeah, what they so, need.
1: They need to so get out far. that old lethargic. They have like an old lethargic morale, just like this geriatric vibe in there that was there ever since Gruden was there. They never kind of really got rid of it. And now Antonio Perez coming there injecting some life. That's what they needed.
0: Mark Davis was the one who stepped up once and for all. And that's what he's him. having yeah. now. Got rid of your GM and a head coach, and you're undefeated so far. So there you go, everybody. Now, as I mentioned, Josh Dobbs was available for the Jets. They didn't make the move. And now Josh Dobbs, the Pastronaut, which is one of the coolest nigga names I've heard. He the gives fans the Pastronaut. Josh jobs gives fans hope for Minnesota and now gives them playoff hopes after a stellar comeback victory over the new Orleans saints. Again, since we have no Hayden, I think it's fair to say with his, with that team, unfortunately having players, having legal issues, Derek Carr, having a hard time staying on the field and just blowing games left and right. And, um, The Vikings took advantage of a Saints team that has a lot more work to do and get an amazing win. And as I mentioned, they are right in there for a wild card race after starting one and four. Justin Jefferson is coming back and TJ Hawkins is, um, you know, top an underrated top tight end. They have a really good line. The Vikings, the Vikings are are them right now. Thanks to Josh Dobbs. How about Josh Dobbs right now, my friends? Tell me all about how impressed you are by him. Or not, but we're all impressed by him. Let's be real.
1: (laughs) Honestly, honestly, like I said, I said it like two weeks ago. The spark of that Cardinals offense, he kept them winning. Or not winning, sorry. He kept them like feeling like, like he kept them making you feel like, oh, damn, these Cardinals could probably win this game. Like, you know, like seriously, when you look at it, Josh Dobbs came in first game, new system. shaky at first won them the game, won them that game. Now look at him. The Vikings are about to trend up from now. That's all I gotta say, pretty much.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree with part of that. Josh Dobbs magic has been there all year. Um, even with that Arizona, that awful Arizona team, they just made them feel alive. Um I said it on the show a few weeks back. Um, I honestly think, I know everyone's saying, DeMar Hamlin, Comeback Player of the Year, or Most Improved, or Comeback Player of the Year, Mar Hamlin. Um, but if there is a Most Improved Award, I think Josh Dobbs deserves that award. Um, I also don't think Josh Dobbs necessarily deserves the Comeback Player of the Year Award. But you look at somebody who's been caught, hasn't really done anything in his whole entire career, and I'm not saying he's on an elite team or anything like that, but he's balling, dude. He's balling out right now.
1: I, I'm not even going, I'm not even trying to be like, you know, that guy. But like, I feel like that's just like a Cinderella story. To them giving it to DeMar Hamlin. Like, that's kind of like, because honestly, they even said it the other night on the air. Like he got in, he got in for like on defense when somebody went down. But like, aside from that, he's been playing special teams and limited play. Like he, like I wouldn't really give him that. Like they, people just kind of want to give it to him after his heartbreak. Like, you know, it was heartbreaking what happened. Yeah. But like, there's like to do that with like snub so many other players who have been working really hard, like Josh Dobbs, for instance, like, you know, so that's yeah. just my take on
2: that. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I, no, no, I agree with you. Like, I, I think he'll get it. And it's fine that he gets it. I don't I think it's a great, great story. I'm not saying it's not, but uh yeah, Joshua Dobbs, man, balling out. Energy's alive in Minnesota. Justin Jefferson's coming back. We'll see what this team can do. And that NFC, that division's not great outside of Detroit. Have a couple of division games left. You possibly have a big, big run going out.
0: You already won five straight. No so
2: skills. See what else they can do.
0: And give and credit to Kevin O'Connell too. He can coach. He's 40 had 40. a lot. He's had a, a lot of wrenches thrown his way, and he's producing wins. Some people thought he got real lucky last year, but you know what? Maybe there was something to win it going eleven and zero, in um, one score games.
1: It, and it's like, and you got to look at it this. You got to look at this. So like cousins was very like not that he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was like static, but he wasn't your bait like your, your, your wanted mobile quarterback. Like Dobbs gives them a little bit of fight. Now he gives them a lot of juice. Like when Justin Jefferson comes back, it's a different team.
0: Yes. especially his legs, Josh Dobbs. And um, <laughs> we will see where this pans out. Anything to add, Mr. Rennellio?
3: Um, actually, the one thing, because you guys all pretty much hit it on the head, the one man we haven't given credit to that really deserves a little, little bit of a shout out because of the way he left Miami is Brian Flores. Yes. If you look over the Excellent last point. five weeks, if you look at the last five weeks outside of the um, outside of the Falcons game where they, they put 28 on them, they're averaging uh, giving up about 16 points a game, which is like top five in the league. Um, And he's been calling a masterful game, especially with a team that was in the bottom five in defense the last two years. So I just wanted to give him a little love and um, just kind of keep that, that momentum, you know, in perspective as well. Yes. So shout out out to that. Defensive
0: coordinator for the Vikings.
3: Shout out to that. We had Flores last year,
1: but it was more like, we didn't really do nothing win because he was in that transition, but everyone always talked about the impact that he would have on defense. And it's showing you, like, right here,
3: and like, what he's done. So, you know what, like, that's a perfect shout-out, Alex. I agree with you. And of that starting 11 guys, too, I think, like, four or five are either rookies or second-year guys. So, it means that it takes even more effort on the coaching level to get those guys ready and galvanized because they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have their blind spots. They're going to have breakdowns in the scheme. But if you can get those guys ready every week, especially in facing adversity when they were, when they were you know, 0-4 start or 1-3 start, that, that's where you need a guy like Brian Flores.
0: If he yeah. wants to coach next year, he's got a job.
3: He'll get another job for sure. Definitely.
0: The Cowboys beat the Giants by a score of 49 to 17. I mean, are you surprised? 17 and a half point underdogs, and um the Giants played like they were supposed to. Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a just tragedy. It's a tragedy. What was it? Tommy DeVito again. God bless the guy. Making it to the NFL—that's an amazing story. But the man yeah, can't. Up like that. The man tragic, isn't a starting though. quarterback, and um, like nobody, everybody expected this beatdown, and that's exactly what happened. Only eighty-six total yards passing in the whole game. The first half itself had only twenty-one. Yeah. Saquon didn't do a thing. I mean, the defense, that was the most disappointing. Defense giving over 600 total yards. Making Brandon Cooks like he was 10 years younger. 131 total yards for Brandon Cooks. Um, if you wanted a lock this week, it was uh, it was putting it CeeDee Lamb out there. I mean, I'll admit it. I bet it against YT for that. I'm somebody who can emotionally put his team aside to make a buck. If you think I'm a bad fan you know what well, fuck you i need i need money too but regardless um like i mean the, i mean there's not really much to say but um i'll take the L on that but um there's not really much to say the giants suck the cowboys <clears throat> need to beat better teams as well so we'll just see if the cowboys can transition next week with it that's all we have to say here the giants right now which is insane have the second overall pick behind the bears you know, this will be a discussion for later in the season. If you stay with Justin Fields or they themselves draft another quarterback, you probably should with this class. But um, I mean, it's Tankathon time for the Giants. That that's it. And uh we'll have more of those discussions about Brian Dayball, Joe Shane, where, what's going on in the future. That's a, that's, we need to have that conversation in a couple months. There's no point to say it here. We'll just, as I mentioned last week, I'm still a Giants fan. I'll watch the game because when they're good, again, I can have the bragging rights. Like if there was any chief fan out there who was there when um, Alex Smith was there, um, maybe you were a real one, but uh, I'm going to stay. They don't exist. The Giants. No, no such thing. Okay. Except I mean, <laughs> My friend Jake Campbell, I will say he's a true Chiefs fan. But All right. everyone else, it's just the um it's just going through the motions. Just bet against the Giants and you will get money. There's nothing good about this team.
1: Okay. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep it nice, short, and as sweet as I possibly can. You right, Giants suck. Uh but I don't I'm not big on the Cowboys either, to be honest. Like Jack has this thing where he can punish bad teams. Nice.
0: Exactly, up the that's what one. I'm saying. They have to play against like, a real team like that. So anyone who beats the Giants down, no offense, Alex, last week, but um, you do have to go play better teams too. Smiley victory. Smiley
1: victory. Once <laughs> Cooper Rush can get in there, you know it's a smiley victory. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, Pollard, not living up to that number one running back expectation. Uh Brandon Cooks, like you said, looked like he stepped out of a time machine and galloped his way to, like, mad freaking yards. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it like this. Two choices. Real simple. Pick up a a veteran, nice quarterback that you know is going to manage your team right. Right? Keep tanking and just do whatever you got to do. Get rid of Saquon. Just, just free Saquon because running backs aren't like you know typical. Like you, can, uh, running backs are a dime a dozen. You can build one nowadays. Like, like, like NBA two K. You can build a mind player that can run the run you the ball right. Um, Get a whole bunch of pieces on offense via the draft. People that you're solid on, like tank, and get yourself like a good. Okay, this is our future offensive line because honestly. You can't expect take hey, Saquon to do nothing if he can't get no, if there's no seams, no gaps, or you, you want him to work himself to death. I don't know what it is. But the end, y'all gotta protect your quarterback. Y'all, y'all need something. The Giants need something over there. Um, and if that don't work for y'all, get a get a get a this 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 class is crazy with quarterbacks. Get a, get you a quarterback, and then go get you a bunch of veterans on offense. Still trade Saquon. Get you some veterans on offense. Shore up that line. Keep your quarterback safe.
0: I hear that, Bars. Like I said, this is more of a conversation in a couple months, but we will see how yeah. this all unfolds.
1: That's it. That's all I got to say on it.
0: Um, if I don't have anything else, to, s- why don't we now talk about it? And This was, should lead to another interesting conversation. The Browns defeated the Ravens by a score of 33 to 31. The Ravens were up 33. 30- 31 to 17 in the last seven minutes their of lackadaisical play cost them and uh they didn't seem out of care in the world turnover on downs um some bad turnovers and uh Lamar Jackson can't close this was the game that the Ravens could have won and sealed and sealed the respect of being a top team in the entire NFL and they screwed it up walk-off field goal for the Browns, and um, now clearly the Ravens have to prove themselves again. But yeah, Lamar Jackson didn't close it when he needed to, and this was a very, very bad loss for the Ravens. Credit to Sean Watson and the and the Browns making a push, but um, yeah, the, this, this has to sting for the Ravens.
3: I don't want to expend all my useful energy with Hayden not here. I just want to put his picture up against the dark board and just give him a couple little Lamar jabs. But um, I mean, look, what can I say? It's they were due for a loss to come back down to earth. They were riding hot. Everybody was um, smoking what they were putting down and, um, the Ravens, you know, look, they're still going to be top top in the AFC. I still think they have a huge test on Thursday, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But um, they just didn't play well enough to win. Um, they were very lucky to hang around in this game, uh, get towards um, the finish line with Cleveland. Cleveland won time in possession. They were more efficient on third down. Um, they kept a pretty clean game. Um, but, uh, you know, the Ravens defense made a few plays to, um, that were worthy of winning, and, um, you know, they created – they created three uh sorry they created three turnovers and um they kept this game in striking distance gave lamar a lot to work with but look he was 13 of thir- 23 he didn't even he didn't even have 250 yards two picks it's just not good enough and again going back to what i've said my entire thesis with this team going on four years now, um, they didn't even scrape 100 yards on the ground. And if you can't run the ball, if you're one-dimensional and you ask Lamar to throw and beat you in the air, you're setting yourself up for failure. And they just haven't proven it to me on a consistent basis where they can do that, that they can be ambidextrous on an offensive level, and um, this is what you're going to continue to get. And it's not even just a product of playing a tough um, you know, divisional game. I think this is closer to what they are when their backs are against the wall and when they're easily manipulated and uh, assessed on offense. And I'm just going to stick with that and abide by it until I see otherwise. <laughs> great
2: points. Uh, absolutely great points. Uh, yeah, one thing I want to say about this uh, before I get into the game itself. Great game, first of all. um On our Wednesday show, we always constantly talk about the Pac-12 cannibalizing itself and eating itself. Are we seeing that with this AFC North? Are we seeing it with... Yep these teams like yeah like i said scrap it, like you mentioned it it, 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 it that's what it's going to be like. like i don't really know like who comes out of their lives is that one of those situations where we see this team just sneaking in a three or four seed and nobody else making it it's just like going to be like a 10 and 6 or 10 and 7 division i really don't know and i'm curious to see how it plays out i think it's going to be more of like a like right now, I think I had the stat was all four teams are in the playoffs. The season ended, like which is re- ridiculous. Uh, I can and confirm that one supportive. second.
0: What's that? I can confirm that one second. But yeah, dude, uh, the team about eating themselves. And as I mentioned, adding on, on to Alex's points is yeah, just they, they should have just they should have just played conservatively towards the end when you had a two possession lead, and you straight up didn't. And look what happened. I mean, again. That's all football IQ. That I I was very confused, especially for a very good coach like Harbaugh. That that, that he let that happen. He definitely got out coach right there. By by um. Yeah, cool. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, and I and I will say, like Matt, you mentioned earlier in the show, um, like the Eagles really developed that offense where they can go on those eight minute drives. They can wear out your defense. The Ravens have to develop that switch late in games when you have a lead, go on a minute drive, limit the possessions of the other team, and they can be so much better than they are. Um, but we'll see. It's going to be a it's going to be a great race in that AFC division uh, going forward. Yes, and, also, um, and
0: then um, yes, as bars confirmed, the Browns, Steelers, Ravens, and Browns, Steelers, Ravens, and. <laughs> And actually, Bengals are are actually in the bubble right now, so we're in the hunt. Oh. But oh. Um, those three are in the hunt are in the playoff picture if uh, the season ended today. But um, bars, your point?
1: Um, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that uh, Alex and Nico both said. Uh, I just want to note on um, it was a good game for Odell. I feel like Odell had a really good game. Um. But it's it's a tough divisional game. That's what you that's what you're gonna get from those two teams, from any of those any of those four teams in that division. Like at that, so um, it was just solid. I'm not really gonna touch too much on it. But Lamar got to clutch it up. Like uh, like um like he said, it's not good enough. They they're too one dimensional. I don't want to really run on too much on points that were already made. But
0: yeah. All right. Now, let's talk about that, the rival of the Browns and the Ravens. And let's talk about. (laughs) Excuse me. Let's talk about the Houston Texans getting a huge victory over the Cincinnati Bengals by a score of 30 to 27. That was one hell of a game. And let me say something, CJ Stroud. Top five quarterback in this league. No doubt you're rookie of the year. And there's some people who really are making the case that he should be your MVP. And I think you have, you know, don't jump on the horse too, yet too fast. But he's no doubt playing on that type of level. But here's the most impressive thing I saw from that game. C.J. Stroud outplayed Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow did not have a bad game. Let's talk about more of this game. What's going on, guys? What do you think of C.J. Stroud and the Texans coming to play? And at the moment, they are in the playoffs right now.
1: I feel, my personal opinion, was the best game of the, like, the best game, like, the entire week. It was nail-biting. It was just like, because at certain points, it's like, okay, the Bengals are up. Then you're like, oh, shoot, look at C.J. Stroud. Like outgunning Joe Burrow right now, it was a shootout. It was a great game. Defense came on both sides, but like you can't you can't stop those playmakers. That's literally what it was being shown. Um that would be a fire game <laughs> if it was in the playoffs. Fire. We all know that the numbers would have been running up. Like
0: um I mean, I feel like the just, Bengals really didn't make a push it towards till the second half, but yeah, till at that point it was um pretty good there.
1: I mean, they yeah, they didn't start really getting like super aggressive, but like, yeah. They like they they I don't know. It was a great game to me. I don't know. Mainly cuz I don't know, I'm on that CJ Stroud train now, so I guess I'm just riding the wave. But like the, the like I agree, maybe he should be MVP and and if that's the case, D'Amico Ryan's for coach of the year. So, what up?
0: That I think is an excellent point.
3: I think, yeah. I think it's a more rational take than uh, than CJ Stroud as MVP, but I would definitely put him in offensive rookie of the year, no doubt. Um, I don't have much to con- add to this. I think Bars did um, basically say what I wanted to say, which is I thought this was secretly like, one of the best games of the weekend. Um, right now they are leading the AFC South. I'm shocked that since he's on the bubble. But again, I hearken back to six weeks prior where I had grave concerns, even on, you know, the outset of uh, Burroughs initial injury from, you know, the the offseason. Um, I still think that Cincinnati, you know, I have to grade them on a curve if all things were even on even playing field, I would have to grade Cincinnati on a curve because of the division they're in. But my excuse is not valid when I have them winning the AFC championship and that's the standard I have to hold them by. So they have to get better. Can't keep playing from behind. Um, You have to, you know, you have to you have to beat these teams. Um, Houston clearly is the inexperienced team. You have a rookie head coach, you have a rookie quarterback, just not acceptable. Um, this is the calling card of what they do. Cincinnati. They're a high-powered offense. They're gelled. They're synchronous. Um, they just came to. The, they just went to the Super Bowl. You have to beat um, 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 an anemic um, roster like this, as young and excited as they may be. You have to beat a team like that at home. It's just no excuse. And um, fair point. You, have, you know, you you have to just take care of business. So um, a lot of things to be a lot of things to be. Um, you know, waiting for in terms of Cincinnati. A lot of things that need to be done and be improved on. But um shout out to Houston for a big one.
2: Absolutely awesome game. Yeah. Uh, I'll move a little watch. One of my plays of the week last week, um, when we did our pick segment was the over in this game. Um I really was interested to see how CJ Stroud could perform uh against the quarterback with Joe Burrow and go back and forth. on. Um, but I will say I was very disappointed how Houston closed off that game in the last five minutes. Um I'm all for the Ryan, coach of the year candidate. But after seeing that last five minutes, you, you, that shouldn't have really even been a game. The fact that you needed to win that game on a game winning field goal didn't make sense to me. You're up 27, 17 with five minutes to go and made a couple questionable calls when you were trying to kill the clock. And I, I, I just was stunned to see that. Um, hey, but they pulled out it off. They got the win. Um, and like Matt mentioned, the Bengals are going to turn it on at the right time. They're going to click they're a second-half team, and they roll that momentum right into the playoffs, and I think it's going to be the same exact thing this season.
0: For sure, for sure. Definitely a deep game to break down with everybody making strong points there. Um, And one thing I I should have considered more was thinking about how that was also the Bengals really not um, making a push towards the second half. That's where it turned into a great game was the second half, because they were looking pretty bad at some points. but um, They did put it on, but was it good enough? And the thing that there's that, you know, they did come in in, the, in less than a minute. They were, they did take the lead. But it seems whether it was this or the Falcons game, CJ Stroud clearly knows how to do a, a solid two minute drill. That's what I, this league has to pay attention to.
3: Okay, yeah, Alex. Oh, real quick. I just wanted to throw this out before we move to the next topic. Um, For which team is this a bigger must win on Thursday night, the Ravens or the Bengals?
0: Sure. To answer that now, it has to be the Ravens because they can't because this past week, everyone was talking about how they are a top team in the NFL, which we made a clip on ourselves Mm -hmm. after essentially blowing the game against the Browns. And if you lose against the Bengals back to back division losses, (sighs) you're a bad hole that you really need to almost win out for this second half of the year. That'll Maybe knock
1: them. That that'll knock them out the the first seed, and that might actually put the, the Bengals in playoff contention.
0: So right or, now the number one seed is the Chiefs, so that might knock them out the second. No, but I mean, no, I, still mean, um, a I mean,
1: I mean, I uh, division wise.
0: Oh yeah. yes,
2: yes. Uh. I, I will say, I don't even think this is a question, in my opinion. And I I think it's Cincinnati. I, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I really do. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I, I just, because like the thing, and I hate saying this because I get the press this time of the year already thinking about it. Like, mm-hmm. we're late in the year, boys. Like, we only have like six, seven games left. Like, it's, we're getting yeah. down to the nitty gritty right now. Like, so it, it's kind of do or die mode. And the Bengals need a win on this. There's a. <laughs>
3: I totally agree. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs>
0: excellent points even though you know it's fair good it's a good degree to disagree but um regardless this is going to be a very bad loss for one team and a very important win for the other now moving on so let's talk about the thursday night game and the bears and the panthers solid win for the panthers solid win for the bears they win um 16-13. 16 13. They too had a walk-off field goal on the um sorry, no they didn't. They had a almost walk-off field goal. The 59 yarder did not hit for the Panthers. Um, I mean, you know, what's there to talk about? These two teams are two of the worst in the NFL. Um, Bryce, I feel like in his first 10 games, has not stepped up while CJ Stroud has. Reckon, it's still early in his career for him and he has time to make it up. But at least for now, I haven't really seen Bryce Young make me feel like, oh, shoot, this guy is a world-renowned player. And I even think at the beginning of your career, you can notice that. Now, fair, to be fair, Troy Aikman had a rocky start. He didn't win one game in his rookie year. Peyton Manning only won one or two, if if I'm not mistaken. It takes some time, but at least the 510 Bryce Young hasn't shown me at least that he can be a franchise quarterback right away. Do you think that can change or is this his ceiling?
1: Um, real quick, I'm just gonna just get my take out to get it over with. This game was trash on both parts for me, but um, I don't want to say that this is this young man ceiling yet and not give him that credit. Um, but I will say something that was interesting that was brought to me that is Bryce Young. Was he the youngest person with the NHL when, or the first, he was like one of the first Uh person. NIL, NIL, sorry. NIL. It seems like when you get the bag, you don't really play no more. Like, and I feel like, I feel like that's kind of what I feel like he suffered from. He got money and like, he don't really got the urge or feel like that, that need to really play. Now he's just kind of pretty much getting paid and it's just solidifying his check. But honestly, he's pretty much of a letdown for like in in terms of like chucking up the season. He's a letdown as far as number one draft picks go. But I don't wanna I don't like I don't want to sit there and be like, you know what? That's it for this kid. That's it. He ain't got nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean my whole thing with Bryce Young itself is like I just really think it's unfair to criticize him at this point in his career. Um the only reason why I say that is like you look at guys like that got drafted in the first round, like even Aaron Rodgers as like, an example. He was fortunate enough he got the backup rap right far, he got to learn from these guys. When you're kinda going in on the flow, you're starting day one, day one starter, day one face of the franchise. It's tough. The speed of the NFL is different. Granted, he played in the SEC, but once you get even to the NFL, it is every single guy's uh, the number one pick or number one player on the SEC defense. Um, and, and I really, truly believe that people that criticize him this early, it's unfair. I think the Panthers absolutely stink. Um, I think him and Dylan have a little nice connection going that hopefully they'll build some confidence and get some chemistry going into year two together. But um, besides that, Bears. Nothing much to say about them or the game itself. Um, I do only thing I will say is I do believe Justin Fields is that guy and I really think they're gonna be in an interesting spot. Um something we'll start talking about later on in the season to
3: possibly trade that pick and uh number one overall and get some support around them. Yeah, I totally agree, Um, especially when you have a bad team like the Bears, just to dovetail off that last point that Nico made, Um, when you have a bad team, we have holes everywhere like Swiss cheese, you really need to trade back, especially when you don't have a good hit record with your GM in the past three drafts um, with a team like Chicago, but um, yeah, I mean, look, there's not much to parse from this game. They're two really bad teams, two really poorly run teams. Um, I still believe that Bryce Young is—I almost called him Bryce Vine. Um, there's, mm. there's nowhere, he, there's no chance in hell that he's anywhere near his ceiling. Um, you know, you could take any any nameless quarterback who's been a high draft pick and not assess him by his his first season and be and have a have a successful quarterback in front of you. But I wanted to throw something out there to you guys as a little trivia point before we move on. Guess how many years it's been since neither quarterback has gone over 200 yards passing. Both running backs have been under 100 yards rushing and both rece- and both receiving uh, top receivers have been under 60 yards. It's been over 55 years since both mm-hmm. teams like that have First had that happen. I think you're describing the Jets for... I thought you were describing the Jets Giants
2: game two weeks ago.
3: <laughs> no, I believe I believe the last time it happened, it was back in the 70s because I looked it up a couple days ago, but it was between the Jets and Vikings. That's so crazy. But the Jets, that, there you that's that's literally Jets. how bad these teams are. So it's historic fashion, historic dog turns. Um, I do still believe in Justin Fields, and I feel like if they could course correct, they'll they'll trade back in the draft. <laughs>
0: All right, and the last thing I want to put a hypothetical fact. Um, All right, so what's? Let me ask you. Does I'm going to name you um, two situations, and you have to find the connection here. What does Jamarcus Russell and Calvin Johnson have in common, and Greg Oden and Kevin Durant? What do they have in common? A number one overall pick who they was numbers, injured, but no, uh, I don't think Calvin Johnson got injured, but um, the other three for sure. But that is a number one overall pick that got outshined by the number two overall pick. So far we'll see if Bryce Young is better. It will, if CJ Stroud will officially outshine Bryce Young in the first year for sure. Um, Jamarcus Russell became a joke. Calvin Johnson became one of the greatest receivers ever. Greg Oden truly um, lost his career to injuries. And Kevin Durant became one of the best forwards ever. So we'll see what happens with these two being intertwined. And uh, those two will be a similar connection. Or if we're going to have like a Peyton Manning to Ryan Leaf, the one clearly was better than the two. But we don't want that scenario to happen either because we know what happened. All right. Almost there guys. Cardinals and Falcons. Cardinals get a win with Kyler Murray's return. Yay, I guess. Solid win for the Cardinals because they went down in the draft order and the Falcons blew another lead with a uh, barely used Bijan Robinson at the running back and they used him more for special teams. Um again, what's there to say about the Cardinals? They're just uh, going through the motions, but Kyler Murray, it's nice to see him play well, even though a lot of people like to troll him. Good for him. I, I actually was some not a hater per se, but I was just like, who is this guy? He seemed more interested in video games and stuff. But I um, mean, he clearly seemed to rehab and care and he came back and got a solid win. And for the Falcons, that was not a game worth blowing, even with Desmond Ritter finally playing well again. And um I think it's clear that Arthur Smith is the coach in the NFL right now that people like to troll the best, troll the most. Like, people don't know what the heck he's doing with his silly little mustache. It's not a Top Gun mustache. It's not a Renelio mustache. It's um Arthur Smith, you know, <laughs> get what you want to say about that. But, uh, I mean, the Falcons, like, they are not going to go anywhere if they keep losing these close games. And it doesn't matter if you're a good or a bad team, clearly, here in the Cardinals trying to take.
2: Yeah, I I uh I was also happy to uh, – like you said, I'm happy for Kyler Murray. I'm a Kyler Murray guy. Um, I want to see him succeed. I love seeing former players that did great in college uh, do well on the next level. Um, But another question I constantly have, what the hell is wrong with Arthur Schmidt and this Falcon team? Like, we have these playmakers. Like, we just – we don't like giving them the ball. Like, you got nope. Kyle Pitts. You got Drake London. You got Bijan. Like, Yeah, you know what? Let's throw it to – I, don't, I was just gonna say a random name like uh, Fred Jackson, like just throw the sum. Like, I don't know. It makes no sense. I don't know what this team's <laughs> doing. doing. Uh, just get the ball to your playmakers, and good things will happen. Um, yeah, another terrible coaching job by the Falcons, another choke job, uh, whatever you want to call it. In a game that's a must win, um, being in that weak division, having the chance to win the division itself, you can't lose that game to the Arizona Cardinals. You just can't do it.
3: Well, that's that's the most important thing from this. It's like, does anybody want to play hot potato and win this game in the NFC South? Like, this just seems to be ridiculous. Like every time these teams go on the road or host a a bad team at home, they just blow the opportunity to put a team away. Um, I totally agree, Nico. Like, I think, you know, I I did like Kyler and for different reasons than uh, Bryce Young. I don't trust. A lot of quarterbacks under six feet, but I think if he's gonna be the guy, I like the baseball, football hybrid kind of guy. You see it with Mahomes being hyper successful, and of course he's in a better position, but I think he's kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of his, you know, his awareness, his peripheral vision, how he approaches the game. Um, if he just put a little more dedication, a little more effort, I think he could really be that guy. And now, you know. If this is this, this this is the floor I'm getting from Kyler Murray coming back, I do feel confident that they could turn this team around. Now, of course, this season's still a wash, but furthermore, I think that they can build on things as they um, pivot into next year. I still believe their GM Steve Kine, I haven't really seen his draft record, but I, I would like to give him a couple more years running the ship. Um, again, he's made aggressive moves to replace. Um, replaced the coach there uh, with Kingsbury. And, um, you know, again, with Atlanta, I mean, the biggest, hottest L that I've taken on this show, you know, as of this point in uh, week 11 is Arthur Smith as a coach. I was high on him. I gave him praise and, and um, much due respect, you know, being ahead of their recovery season last year. And they just have too much talent to waste um, on this roster with Arthur Smith running the show. And I, am just kind of disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Womp, womp, womp. Well, real quick, uh, and before we go on, how do you not take advantage of 112 penalty yards from Arizona? Clearly, they're miscuing. You know, it's like you you got it, you got it, you got to force turnovers. You got it, you got it, you got to turn this game around where you can give your quarterback short field yardage opportunities. Arthur Smith is supposed to be the offensive guy from Tennessee. I haven't seen it all year.
0: As Nico mentioned, not to take his point, not clearly. Facilitating the skilled players you have. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Again. can't even get so, a shave. I heard the the one crazy theory was about Bijan Robinson's incentive contract. Well, I have no idea on. I haven't looked at the contract. I don't. I, ne- I, I never heard of such a thing. Why would a rookie? I mean, that's maybe one thing we have to study some more. Is the actual contracts? Like, I don't think a, a usually a first round pick. Do they get incentives like that? Like, get this amount of yards or touchdowns? I reckon I, said,
1: I saw I've seen okay. a I done got the bag way. too they gave him
0: a bag I don't know I, I I reckon the source I saw was a crazy man but uh, some validity to it I'm um, sorry I, Alex
3: I, oh, no i was just gonna say i I think they've done it to head case guys that have fallen in the drafts um, yeah over the years they've had guys that they've been concerned about I think Randy Gregory had a clause like that I think d k had one too actually
0: right and um but nothing about Bijan. It's just so strange. And putting him on special teams, that's a weird one. It's yeah. almost like he has something to, out for him.
1: Yeah, we'll it's kind of wild.
0: Maybe we'll find out. Um, they say it
1: on the air, too. Like, what's good with Bijan Robinson? Like, you know, like, it, 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 it's kind of like, I don't
0: know. Bars, let's talk about your Steelers, where they went to Green Bay and got a victory. It. Uh, um, No. They got a victory, and uh, the Steelers Steelers. got outgained again. They pulled off the victory. Uh, Jordan Love with a bad pick to lose the game. Um, How are you feeling? Hey,
1: outgained, winning, making history, you tell me. Uh, Like I said, similar situation at the Jets, but we make it look pretty. Um, What I will say is the running game came alive. Let's talk about the return of the running game. Um, Let us, let us, let us, let us be depressed about everything else. Um, Defense looks pretty good. We still give up the middle of the field, though. It's probably one of my biggest takes is, like, and one of my biggest gripes as a Steelers fan is, like, yo, we don't know how to protect the middle of that field to save anybody's mama's life, like, it's crazy. It's just nonsense. Um, but Minka Fitzpatrick is out and um you can kind of see what he brings to the what he what he brings to the table when um when you're seeing them get like uh what is it? Jordan Love had like two easy two easy touchdowns. You see what Minka brings to the game. Like Minka takes away both of those easy touchdowns. Um Joey Porter Jr. had like that Ricky that 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 uh uh, pass interference, work, that, that's something he's young. They're going to let him work that out. Um, Quan Alexander going down, big. Um, we we lost Cole Holcomb last week, big. Like, and those are like pretty much season-ending injuries. So now, like, we're rotating, picking the pieces. But I guess the big topic is, what's up with Kenny Pickett? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, another game, low yardage. Yeah, slightly efficient, but he's missing players open. Um, Jalen Warren, probably the unspoken hero on that defense, hundred, 101 yards. Najee Harris is back. Broderick um, Jones, the addition to that offensive line, like just him over there, he's, he's drafted as left tackle, but they moved him to the right. He's playing really well, um, really opening that up. I think they just... We've got a lot of drama going on. We always get those demon receivers, George Pickens, whatever, whatever. But honestly, we got to fix that offense. As much as it is to win, being an out game, and all that great, man, let's talk about it, man. As a fan, at first I was like, we went in with Kenny. But now we got to talk about it. Is Kenny really our guy? Do we like. I don't know. Knuckle down and bring back Josh Dobbs. Like, what do we do? Like, I don't know. Like, the shit is madness. Like, but in the end of the day, we gotta we gotta take for what it is. Um, our offense is not clicking. One week it's we're throwing the ball. One week we're running the ball. Like, um. So, I don't know. Sideline Canada brings the running game, but we just haven't clicked with the passing game yet. Is Kenny's rape still hurting? We don't know. Are his hands too small to really throw the ball? We don't know. The fact of the matter is, he's not playing good. And Jordan Love was looking really good, actually. They just lost that game to a better defense. This is what it is. T.J. Watt played his ninety-six game. Got his 89th sack career, so third. He's he's th- he's up there third, but second now. Him, his brother, and I think Reggie White. So that's the the only thing I could take from that.
2: Yeah, I don't I not really have much to say about the game itself. Uh, I was uh, I dude, Pittsburgh just wins games bars. <laughs> you should be like a as like the Tomlin. fan. All you did was. All you, like, that's all you did was win three years in a row
1: i just not win a super Bowl like this
2: correct correct and that and that and that's my next point it's just like that there's so much you can only be mediocre for so long and i uh, i just think Pittsburgh really to take a look in the mirror and realize that this is not the team they need to be successful and they gotta get out this carousel of being nine and eight nine and eight nine and eight because that's all this team is destined to do um And on the other end of things, Green Bay, um, big question mark there. I I really still don't know what to think of Jordan Love. I I really don't. Um, I really think they should incorporate a more two-headed dragon look with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. You see some signs of it, but I really think they could push that with that combo Um, and just let see what happens. Develop some play action, um, get the run game going a little more, and we'll see what Green Bay could do. Um, But... Yeah, uh for as far as Pittsburgh though. I just you can only be mediocre for so long.
1: That's a fact. I, I agree with you. I agree with what you said on um the two-headed monster over there in um in in Green Bay with AJ Dillon and um Aaron Jones. He just came back and that's and you can see what the impact they even said it online on the air. You can see the impact that he brings to the game. Like there's a lot of plays that if that's not Aaron Jones, that's not that's not a conversion or that play is not happening the way it does. So you know you're correct.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let's keep Jill it. Joe Warren, too. Freak. I'm sorry. I just want to throw it out there. Joan Warren is a stud. And I really think that he's gonna be incorporated really nice.
0: Well, Nico, you have a great mind, and I we are going to be on the lookout even more for him. And the Bucks played the Titans at 126. Baker played a great game. And yeah, Bucks keep their um they end their four game winning they end their three game losing streak and they keep things alive for the Buccaneers, the Titans. Um, you know, didn't have played a terrible game on offense. Well Levis, you have some growing pains. Um not much to say here, but we'll see if the Bucks can make a run out of this.
3: I got I got literally like zero words for this game. yeah it's not a it's not a very watchable game um not pleasing to the eye especially when derrick henry has 24 yards on 11 carries unbelievable yeah they're gonna i mean i still think like if tampa wasn't in a bad division they would be on wholesale alert as well but um i think these are two bad teams and you know tampa's got a bunch of chances because nfc south's bad so um you know kudos for taking care of business at home but um not much to say here (laughs)
0: yeah um's yet really uh, is it. fair enough let's let's talk about the other bad game of the week uh the Colts played the Pats of Germany.
1: Oh God oh God Dude, is it a standard is it a standard to have like three bad games a week Wait you?
0: I I mean the, Matt, the, the, did you say
2: Chiefs... we're on... what? I mean yeah do you say we're on to the we're on to the next game or skip getting. No, hey, <laughs> hey,
0: hey,
1: it just bad.
0: The only thing I have to say here is, um, it seems the international series is finally over. Um, Matt go. got benched for Bailey Zappi again, um, maybe for good this time. The Bills are third in the uh, Tankathon. They have the third overall pick. But I mean, the big story about the the Patriots get into the tweet cap, but Bill Belichick. Looks like he had a walk of shame this past week, caught on a ring camera. First of all, whoever that woman was to uh, to let go of that, <laughs> that's on her. That, that I mean, that that's kind of weird. She clearly was talking about people who kiss a tell. That was one of them. Now, again, I know it's not officially confirmed, but that looks so much like him. Right, guys, that was Bill Belichick walking home from probably Nantucket, you know, getting some ass. And uh, went to uh, Germany right after the newly single Bill Belichick, especially if he's about to leave New England for good. Two, two, two.
3: I didn't know people were still clapping cheeks at seventy. Oh. At his oh, age, they knocking, you know the
0: tools lot. that you know the tools that we can use for that. Not oh, giving dust, it. He's just giving
3: it. He's giving it that patriot way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, look. Mm-hmm. I, I was the first. I was the first one on record for the season. I said he might. He might get. He might get um, a peaceful, quiet exit behind closed doors. I'm just wondering. I want to check because we're now in the into Q3 of the season. Who's with me now? Come on, Nico. I'm, I'm nope. on that. I'm on that bandwagon. Let's go. <laughs> They're
1: gonna send him out the pasture. <laughs> Ship him out to Tucket. <laughs> I don't. I don't baby make oaks. So gonna put him into the old folk home for, for for head coaches.
2: Nah get him I think he needs to take the chargers job. Um I think it should be a neutral a part away at the end of the season. Chargers are gonna be unbelievable next year under Bill Belichick.
3: Oh wow he finally I, what <laughs> I'm glad he I'm glad he's got that windbreaker on a on, on a regular Sunday basis got a bigger rack than my ex <laughs> Yo. Can we just talk about
1: another, like, uh, another, like, very, like, how did, was it like three years ago, four years ago? I don't know how how long Mac Jones has been in the league now. How did he get into the NFL top 100? Can someone tell me how that boy cracked the list? Because I was I guess
0: just making the playoffs in his rookie year, and then that was it. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then, I mean, now we talked about maybe Bill getting the boot Turns out the uh, if they lost this game, turns out that Boston Globe report was inaccurate. He's still there. But I think the writing's on the wall that he is going to leave after this season. And again, we can have more of this conversation in a couple of months. But um again, Bill Belichick to the Chargers, and they will no doubt be the powerhouse. Nico believes that they can be Bill Belichick. I bet, they won't. I bet
3: they
0: won't. You don't think they would make that move?
3: No. I mean, well, all they need well, is that hey, that
0: great offensive. Mo- I mean, if he could get that quarterback like he was able to, it was much no. better than Mac Jones to get on that level. If he could refix that defense, don't you think no. the Chargers can make a push?
3: No, because the reality is that Belichick won with one guy and one guy only. And if you look at the rest of his coaching career, he's sub 500. And I don't think him putting him in LA. And you know, he, look, he's a demanding coach, and if he doesn't have his Patriot way, we've already seen the out, out, the outfall of all the other Patriot ways failure jobs across the league. I don't think that he could just transpose that to LA and make it work, even with a high power guy like Herbert. Herbert's going to want his fame and his touches, and if he's not disciplined enough for Belichick's liking, he's going to he's going to dispel fissures through that locker room. So now,
0: okay. I hear you. you, know, you know, Maybe uh, Washington Commanders would be better fit, or just it doesn't matter who he goes I just think it's he's got
3: to either, I think he has to either retire or walk away peacefully. I do. I think, I think the perfect fit
1: for while we're talking about it real quick, the um, the Chargers would be Brian Flores.
0: All right. That could be a move. Um, but yeah again this is more for later on in the season to have these combos for all of us but it's always fun speculating am i right um the only thing that I'll have here I still think bill will at least go to a team to get that ultimate ultimate um to have the most wins ever as a coach and like I said it's about he's about 30 away
1: i agree I agree with Alex though I think I mean I feel what you're saying but like I don't think that he should just go and suffer himself onto a team. And then just kind of like, you know, wash them up trying to get to his 30. You know, like that's not fair to them.
0: Yeah, well, we'll ultimately see where when we cross that bridge. Two more games to go and then we'll make our picks. The Seahawks of the Commanders played 29 to 26 for the Seahawks. Another stellar game that ended in another walk off. Commanders played really hard. Sam Howe, as long as he's protected, he could be a very good quarterback in this league. And even with who even with trading some of their big pass rushers, the commanders at least are staying in there. Reckon they did give up 29 points, but I think the commanders maybe have a good future ahead at least. But the Seahawks are six and three quietly making some noise in the NFC. Um, good stuff from Pete Carroll, keeping this team competitive again. Insane stuff. Am I right?
1: Um, Real quick. Sam Howell, I think, leads the league in like three, um, three categories: touchdown, passes, uh, yards, and I can't remember. I, 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 I can't remember the third one right now. But he leads the league in like three different categories. Um, even though they lost that game, so it's like I got to, You know, give Sam, give Sam Howell some kudos. To be honest.
2: Yeah, that was that was fun. That was a fun game to watch. Um Seattle, I really think is a very impressive team. I really don't understand how because on paper their line, their defense isn't that great. Um, yeah, you have a great uh combo with Lockett and Metcalf. Um and Geno Smith's just balling out right now. But um uh, I really think Seattle is a force to be reckoned with and excited to see how they finish out the year. Um and the flip side of it, Sam Howell, another quarterback that's just having an unbelievable season. And I love seeing guys like him do good. And I really think uh, Sam Howell will keep improving throughout the
1: year and eventually if they might be the guy
2: that build around in Washington.
1: Like, I just, like, yeah. So, because I just wanted to touch the, I just wanted to give Sam his kudos real quick. Um, touching back on the game, like, Gino bald. Gino bald. Um, in a game like this, it's kind of like, all right, cool you see what those defensive pieces you gave away kind of like, like how they kind of like affected your team. had they, in my belief, had they had those pieces, this game would have been slightly different. You know, in my opinion, this game would have been a little bit different. Um, But at the same time, I still give the Seahawks, the Seahawks, like, like the title of my NFC dark horse. I feel like they're going to sneak around in the play. They're going to get into the playoffs. But like people are gonna like, you know, it's it's gonna be a little shaky for them. They're gonna get there, people are gonna sleep on them, they're gonna they're gonna mess around and ball out on the team and and take down a, a big contender. Who knows? But I see but the Seahawks are showing you some fight every week. Um they don't have
3: the best or the craziest wins, but they're winning these games. I'm gonna play devil's advocate against Seattle. Um, I don't think that they're quite up to snuff. Now, I could be a prisoner of one week's worth of um, of production, but I'm just looking at Geno Smith, like, just the stat line from this week. I understand the numbers don't tell the whole story, but you're telling me that a team bereft of a competent quarterback in Washington that and a team that's also – Somewhat selling house a little bit on the defensive end. Um, You know, they just shipped Chase Young over to San Francisco for, for draft picks. Like, you're telling me that you can only squeeze out with a three-point victory in your own house with all the momentum and motivation in the world by having San Francisco on its heels off of a bye week. And you're telling me that Gino has to throw 47 times to win that game? I'm sorry. Like, I'm just not – I just don't feel confident about that at the outset going into week 12. Um, Kenneth Walker, I'm not sure what's going on with him. If you can't get separation, he's got, he, he was an average of three and a half, less than three and a half yards of carry. Um, but, you know, again, it's just a major imbalance in the offensive production. And 414 on third down is not going to cut it as well. Um, I just don't think that without a good balance on offense, um, I just don't think that this defense is good enough to keep them in games. Um, you shouldn't be giving up 26 to Washington. Um, even if you believe in Sam Howell. And I just think that they can be like the top wild card team in a down NFC. But um, if we expect them to be anything beyond that, I just think that's wishful thinking.
0: I think so too, especially if um because this game could have gone either way as well. And <clears throat> reckon they added Leonard Williams on defense. They probably should have added a little more. They are very veteran defense, but um, you know, we'll see how that ultimately pans out. But the final game to get into, my friends, is the San Francisco 49ers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was a very surprising beatdown. The 49ers were just five-point favorites coming into this, and they won by 26. They won by 30. They won 34 to 3. Sorry, 27. The 49ers won by score 34 to 3. Trent Williams and Debo Samuel came back, and um, the 49ers also have a bye. And everything went perfect for them. Everything went out perfect on offense, perfect on defense. And uh, they beat a very good Jaguars team on the road. And the only thing that was a, a, a bad thing was that Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak ended at 18 games. But, you know, he'll be fine. Um, but I think from this game, the 49ers are back to being Super Bowl contenders. Am I right? 100%.
3: Um, okay, we're gonna disagree again. Go ahead, Nico. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> also gonna disagree. I'm also gonna disagree. If that doesn't
1: do it for me.
2: Yeah. Know, uh, San Francisco is an unbelievable team. Um, they will be your Super Bowl champs in February. Uh, I'm telling you that right now, I'll be saying and said it all year. Um, yeah, that and uh, I think they just had a couple weeks by week, clear their mind out, get a little hype, talk about it, talk about things over, come out firing dominate Jacksonville, just not beat them, dismantle a team that we think's a playoff team we all thought, I mean I wasn't on the pre-show, but uh, most people thought that they, uh, Jacksonville was going to win that AFC South and I, I really still think they do and I just cannot believe what um, San Francisco did to them um, it was just bad. I was not expecting a thirty-four-three blow. I was not expecting that, and to me, that just proves that San Francisco is the best
0: team in football. Thank you, Nico. Uh, now let's hear the other side. I mean,
1: let me let me let me go before Alex rips it apart. Right, like I did have the Jaguars winning this, but it's because you know San Francisco is falling apart. Uh, well, in my eyes, they were falling apart. On paper, San Francisco is a better team. I, I can definitely see them dismantling any one of these afc teams like, like all day every day um even our top afc team maybe maybe not the chiefs but I can see them dismantling a lot of these afc teams um but at the same time look at the losses that they got and to say that they beat the jaguars and be like yeah you know like all of a sudden they're like top team nah. I wouldn't say that they're all of a sudden Super Bowl contenders again. They still had that moment where they let a lot of big game, not big games, but they lot they let a lot of games they they shouldn't have let go go. So in my opinion, nah. I don't believe that. Brock Purdy's still questionable. Um when Christian McCaffrey's not functioning yeah, he didn't score, but he still had like 90 something yards. Like when he's not when he's not when he's not functioning, when that when that game's not working, let's let's praise the return of George Kittle.
3: But, like, outside of that, like, what's going on for them? Well, no, I mean, I'm going to be somewhere in the be- in the middle. I wasn't quite ex- expecting that assessment, and nor was I expecting that affirmation from Matt. But um, I just think, mm-hmm. like, okay, so they had a three-game slide. They went into a bye. We knew that coming to a 1 o'clock time, zone that they were going to have a crucial game where they needed to take care of business, and they did. And they did it in dominant fashion, but – um the reason I have hesitancy just to crown them um, as coordinated as the NFC champs already is because, again, I need at least two games of this. I need them to take care of business in Seattle uh, two, weeks from today, uh, two weeks from Thursday. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, um, a week from Thursday. Agreed. Pardon me. Yeah, I, I need to see that for sure. Um, and again, Brock Purdy not asked to do a lot, 19 of 23. So he did play a clean game. He kept comfortable in that pocket. Um, but th- there were four turnovers forced by San Francisco. Like, let's not act like this was an offensive
0: destruction. I think this fair was enough, but they offensive- made sure they didn't score on the either.
3: No, no, of course what I'm saying is the collective team effort, but to stay and assess that this offense is back, this, uh, this team is back, Brock Purdy's back. I'm not convinced just yet. Again, I need to see the Seattle win in a week. And um, again, they, they have a, they have a tough stretch towards the end of the season. So Props to them for taking care of business on the road. Big quality win against a difficult opponent. But, again, I just need a little more longevity, and I need to see them convincingly shrug off that three-game slide.
0: The only thing – you make very fair points, Alex. The only thing that wasn't mentioned was the absence of Debo and Trent Williams in that three-game skid. So to hopefully prove the point, and especially with the big divisional game against Seattle – I think it's fair. You make a fair point. You need to see more, especially with the return of those two guys and staying healthy and making sure McCaffrey right. stays healthy too. So as long yes. as that happens, we will see where we are in a month. But um, yeah, I think it's a very fair challenge. No doubt. Well, and, the of,
1: and the inclusion of uh, George Kittle's big. And let's not act like they didn't just pick up a couple of pieces on defense either. So that's
0: right. Chase Young was there and he got his first sack. That's going to be very uh, vital. Yeah excellent point didn't they
1: didn't didn't they get randy gregory too or is that somebody else
0: uh randy gregory um i thought randy gregory um, was was traded out he plays for the he plays for the colts now um but um regardless uh no he's uh, sorry randy gregory does play for the 49ers Um. I drew a blank for a second, but yeah. he's always so, there. But uh, regardless, though. Um, they defense short up. Yeah, that's right. They were about to. They um, you're right. Good point. I missed that one. Um, he was originally released by the Broncos in the middle of the year, and then they picked him. They um, signed him. And, you know, as long as he hits his potential, it'll be some good stuff on defense. But Foolish. Good stuff ahead. Let us do our picks. Remember our new setup here: we pick three games. It doesn't matter if we have the same games, um, and we do our picks this way. So I started last week. Let's go, Alex, Nico, Bars, and then me. So Alex, what's your first game of this week?
3: Um, do you want like an upset, or do you want a highly competitive contest?
0: Whatever you're feeling, whatever you want, make your best case.
3: All right. Um, well, for an upset, I'm going to drink my own juice here. I'm going to have my boys going to Miami, um, Las Vegas upsetting the Dolphins at home at a one o'clock off by. Um, I haven't seen a line, haven't seen the odds, but I just feel um, internal inertia, adrenaline, confidence with this team that they can keep it rolling. Uh, I think Antonio Pierce is um, just what the doctor ordered. Um, So I'm going to go with that as my offset. Um, I think most competitive game of the weekend, uh, just by virtue of diverting the obvious, which would be Philly-KC, I'm going to abstain from that one. I'm going to go Seattle going down to the Rams. And the reason I say that at the 430 slot is because I think that the Rams are in desperation mode. They're trying to save face. This is, again, a tough divisional matchup. Um, I think Seattle, you know, by virtue of winning a tough game at home, um, I think they're kind of feeling themselves. They feel like their mojo's back. and I think they're they're going to come into this game short-sighted. Um, I do like the Rams in an upset here to bring Seattle back, to, back down to earth. And just to cap that, um, I think that this Cardinals-Texans game could be really good at the 1 o'clock as well. I think Houston – um uh again, they're another team that's riding hot, but I think they're gonna come back down to earth a little bit at home. I think they're underestimating the Cardinals, especially with what they did with a bounce back game from Kyler. So um I do like that third game uh, in Houston as well. <laughs> yep. Um my personal
2: um my my one of my favorite bets of the weekend um for sure is gonna be the under in the Vegas uh, versus Miami Dolphins game. Um, Right now, that over-under is 46.5. I feel like that is a little high, Um, just because I don't think the Raiders' defense gets enough credit. Um, And no offense, I don't think the Raiders' offense is good, but I I just really think they're just going to control the tempo like they've been doing the past couple weeks, control the pace, get Jacobs' touches, do what you have to do, convert first downs. And uh, I don't know how competitive it will be, but I just really don't see that game going over. Um, do you want me to go with my three picks? Yeah, we'll do it that way
0: this week. Like, All um, right, Alex, where, where,
2: yeah, doesn't matter. Um, so my well, my phone just goes out. So my second pick is, and I know we always refer to me as like an under person, but mm. it's another under. It's uh, the under <laughs> Houston Arizona game, uh, forty eight points. Uh, yeah, wow. he just dropped one out, but. Yeah, like Kyler Murray's back. I'm very big on Kyler Murray. I'm just not big on the Arizona Cardinals. 48 is a lot of points for two teams that, yeah, Houston's hot. Houston's scoring a lot of points. And I might eat my words on this because Houston's over the past couple weeks. But, hey, I just really think 48 points is a lot for a game that has Arizona Cardinals involved in it, regardless of the quarterback. Um, that's just my main takeaway in that one. And then... That too. Maybe one second. So one is not a pick, but I just wanted to touch on a game because we're not, since we're not really talking about games. Um, mm-hmm. Monday Night Football. They, I love on Monday Night Football. They always have those like two games a year that stand out. Yeah. Thieves, Eagles mm-hmm. Super Bowl rematch. Uh, I don't have a bet in that game yet, but I can assure you, I'll be watching, and uh, mm-hmm. that game is something I'm uh, very much so um looking forward to. Um, and then finally, my final pick is the over in the Dallas uh, Carolina game right now. It's 41 and a half points. Um, I just really feel like Dallas is going to force turnovers, which is great for the over where Rob Young's going to turn the ball over. Dallas is going to be right there. soup it up and put on a lot of points. Um, but that being said, I also think. Um, Bryce Young is going to succeed in getting the ball out quick. Versus the Dallas Cowboys, you have to get the ball out quick. You can't let Michael Parsons, these guys, get in your face and force um, bad decisions. Um, Look at Tua and that Miami offense. Tua takes a two-step drop back and the ball is out really quick. I think Bryce Young is going to be forced to do that this week and I think he's going to see some success. Um, so going to be over 41 and a half points in that game.
0: What's up, Bars?
1: Right. Um so real quick, I'm just give a shout out honorable mention to my Steelers. They go against the Browns. Not really gonna give them a pick or anything, but just the honorable mention. Uh Broncos, Vikings. That's the first game I got. Um I wanna see what the pastor not got going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wanna see if he keeps bringing it. And I kinda wanna see um if Russell Wilson can keep this momentum going. You know, I want to see if they can keep riding off of this. Um, real quick, Matt, um, do you know the over-under? So I can just throw it in real quick, man, if you got it.
0: So we have looking for over-under over, over under for Cardinals for Cardinals Vikings. Our over-under for 820 at Sunday night. Um, uh, we have our over-under is 43.5. Denver is your minus two-and-a-half point favorites. I'm
1: going to go with the under. I'm gonna go with the under. I'm thinking I'm gonna take the Vikings, but I'm going with the under. Um, the second game I got is Eagles Chiefs because it's the Super Bowl rematch, but it's a potential Super Bowl rematch. You know, we might see this. We might see these two teams um at the end of the, at the end of the season. We're duking it out once again. Um. I kind of want to see what this Chiefs team got. If this Chiefs team can beat this Eagles team, I'll, I'm definitely going to be much higher on them. But even though they've been winning, y'all know I, I've been just kind of like, yeah, they've been depleted. I've never really been on them. And every time I pick against them, they mess around and win. So I'm going to actually go with the Eagles still on this one. I'm not going to. I'm going to keep it up. And if if they win against... If they win even though I go against them, what's the over-under on this
0: one? One more time. Over-under for the... Eagles-Chiefs. Eagles-Chiefs. Your over-under is 45-and-a-half. Chiefs are your two-and-a-half-point favorites.
1: I'm going to take the Eagles on this one with the over-under points. And... My last one is gonna be Buccaneers 49ers. Uh strange enough, this is a very big game in my opinion for the 49ers. Cause like Alex said, they gotta win another game. You know what I'm saying? They gotta win another game before they get solid and people are like, Yeah, you know, they Super Bowl again. And I hate the Buccaneers passionately because I don't like I don't like Mayfield. But I kinda I kinda it's it's only big for me because I wanna see if the 49ers can win again. If they can win again, and if they can blow this team out like they should, then I'm still not gonna jump on that bandwagon, but then I have more stock in them too. And I got the 49ers winning, what's the over under on this one?
0: 49ers and the 49ers and the Buccaneers at home. Your over-under is 41 and a half.
1: Oh, I'm going over. I feel right. like Baker, I feel like, I feel like they're going to score. Baker's going to have some fight and then they're going to have to keep scoring. Okay. So I'm going with the over on this one, With the 49ers taking it.
0: All right. It's my turn now. So games that really stick out for me first on uh 425, we have the jets going to the bills. The bills are favored at minus seven and you're over under 45 and a half. Listen. At the end of the day, no matter what, the Bills in the Robert Sala era have uh, the Jets have the Bills number in the Robert Sala era, and I think they will be able to bounce back. And uh, they will not cover the spread. I would still say go for the spread for the Bills, but I do think they could keep they could keep it somewhat competitive, especially with an offense that doesn't know what they're doing under a new coordinator. I think the Bills even on the road the jets can hold the bills and um get the victory give the bills the points but i do say take the jets um especially at plus 7 i think that is a great spread to take for the jets at 425 uh continuing on we have the raiders and the dolphins here this spread the dolphins are 12 and a half point favorites actually this line literally just changed so at this moment the line is 12 points for the Miami Dolphins 47 and a half. So what can the speedy what can the speedy Miami Dolphins coming off a of, bye expect with a Raiders team that has so much momentum? Though so I think it'll be a challenge for the secondary to keep up with the um speedy weapons that the Dolphins have. I do expect the Raiders to continue to have a competitive game. I think at least on at least The Dolphins defense is still a question mark. We're not sure what they have. They definitely are doing very well on the defensive backs, but the pass rush is still a question. And I think Josh Jacobs could be competitive, and um, we'll see if Aiden O'Connell can step up. But again, similar to the Jets and Bills, give the points to the Raiders at 12 points. That's just a lot in general for a team that's 500, even on the road, 1 o'clock. Reckon, you know, the West Coast, East Coast change. But I think they could at least keep it a close game. And uh, for over under 47 and a half, I will go under there. I do think um it'll be the, the case. And I'm also going to talk about Monday night's game. The Philadelphia Eagles, the 8-1 Philadelphia Eagles, are playing the 7-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs. As mentioned, the Chiefs are 2.5-point tw- favorites, and your over-under is 45.5. Now, the eagle both teams have a buy, and i think that's crucial and i do think the eagles are the best team in football even <laughs> hard for me to admit but i really believe in karma and if you believe in the madden in the madden curse if you if sorry madden curse if you believe in the Manning cast curse was just applied to trevor lawrence he was on the week before the 49ers game and he got his ass beat last year i believe any active current active nfl player who went on the Manning cast lost that week they were like 0-6. Patrick Mahomes was on the Cast this past week, and he showed how he could be a very good analyst if he chooses that. But I really think if this game is a coin toss, and you can point at any reason for both of these teams to win, but solely on the fact that Patrick Mahomes was on the Manicast this week, I think the Eagles can take the edge and have their strengths overcome the Chiefs' weaknesses. (laughs) Especially um with a very good defense, this Chiefs team will this Chiefs defense will be tested. I still think the Eagles can slip in a win here. And uh give me the Chiefs with the points. I think they could win by a field goal and um give me over forty five and a half. I do think there's a chance for them to be actually no, I take it back. Give me under forty five and a half. I think um the Monday night pressure will um Succumb. I think the Chiefs won't score as many points because you clearly don't have an answer for the wide receiver problems for the Chiefs. And then the um Eagles will carry it. Should be a fun game. But regardless, awesome show from Bars, Nico, and Alex. Let's hope that week 11 can bring as much hype and joy as week 10 did. And yeah. We will see you next week for a crucial Thanksgiving week of football for both college and NFL. But we'll see you tomorrow with college, and um, we'll see you all very soon. Peace.
3: This is a very productive conversation.
0: Huge thumbs up from Alex and Nico. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast x and twitter at prod pod we're on facebook at productive conversations and tiktok at productive conversations so very big show day tomorrow we are going to do our first nba show of the year with fresh faces me and him talk about the first couple weeks in the nfl we talk in season tournament we talk about some teams that have surprised us some teams that are where they're supposed to be, and some teams that have gone off on a rocky start. Plus, we talk about James Harden joining the Clippers, Dane joining the Bucks. that happened, what, a week before the season started. And yeah, we'll talk about all things NBA, and then we'll also do our regularly scheduled college football show as we do every Thursday for you. So we'll talk about college football and some of the crucial things that are happening over in that sport, and we'll hit on a little early college basketball as well. So, lots of sports tomorrow and then we have another big tweet cap for you on Friday. And then it's going to be Thanksgiving week. We are definitely doing an NFL and college football show and we're figuring out how to do the tweet cap. Might I say you on Tuesday you might see a Topic Thunder Maybe a question show. Maybe we'll finally do the dating show, which we are not giving up on, and we will eventually do. A lot of options. We'll figure it out, but um, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But regarding this tomorrow, reg- sorry, regarding the rest of this week, we got NBA on one show, and then college basketball and football on another show. Then tweet cap on Friday. So good stuff coming ahead, and we will get that serotonin all, and you get you hyped, and yeah. Thanksgiving is just around the corner, and let's make the most of it. The biggest bar night of the year is a week from today, and yeah, the year's coming to an end, so let's make the most of it. I want to thank Nico and Alex for their contributions to the show today. Thank you to Dolorena, A. Alex Ahasius, for what he does behind the scenes. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us, no matter what. You know how much we love each and every single one of you. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. I'll catch you all tomorrow with an NBA and a college basketball and college football show. So good stuff ahead, and I'll see you then. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and we'll see you really, really soon. All right, peace.